Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hayes of Gamescast. This is episode 70, gentlemen. We've made it. We are officially uh, the big 7-0. I know you've all been waiting for us to get to this point. We are recording live, in person. Rob Douglas has flown all the way up to the great northwest of Seattle here. Rob, good to see you in person. Welcome, welcome, Rob. Welcome. <laughs> yes, did I did. you just, just welcome yourself? I did. I did. Well, I felt like someone had to. I felt like someone had to. I'm gonna be honest. It, this is great because um, just like we did last year, uh, we recorded kind of our end of the year show, uh, our our uh, game of the year. We called it the Gamies, right? Nathan and I trademarked that name, and uh, we're gonna be giving you the 2018. Or wait, is it 2018? 2017. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking ahead for next oh year. Oh my gosh. This is the second annual uh, Hey Listen Games Cat Gamies uh, Award Show. So we're going to be talking about all of our favorite games that came out this year throughout 2017. And maybe a little sneak peek of going into uh, 2018 exactly. next year. So mm-hmm. we realize... Apologies to Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes. We are recording a little early. So. We're recording a little early. We know those two games are coming out. Uh, but we felt like we were able to do our award show a little earlier this year. So, yep. uh, yeah. So hopefully we get out front. We're the first end of the year award uh, award show you have heard this year. You know, nothing else on There's always like any of the major of sites them. have been posted yeah. yet. I mean, so, everyone's uh, doing their votes and everything for game of the year now. Yep. So, so anyone... tweet at us how angry you are about all of our selections. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if any other major gaming site or publication or show... Uh, has the same choices as us. Uh, they copied us. We did it first. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So um, our first award we're going to be talking about today, our first gamey that we're giving out, um, goes uh, to the best art style. And mm. so we really thought about, you know, what game um, really represents a really unique and interesting art style that really stood out above the rest. And uh, this is different than just, you know, pure graphics. Like, um, uh, that's actually a different word we'll be talking about next. Uh, but just really the best art style is just the best art design uh, for for a game last year we gave this to Ratchet and Clank um, we really enjoyed that yeah that kind of uh, colorful Pixar yeah it had a vibe. gorgeous aesthetic yeah Rob is still barring it and forgot to bring it back up to me so thanks Rob still a good game though <laughs> he forgot to bring it back up. I may or may not be playing it for the third time in a row. <laughs> fair enough but uh, so our best art style we kind of decided uh, has to go to Cuphead and mm-hmm. Rob why do you think Cuphead uh, deserves the best art style uh, well because it has year? that very unique cartoony style from like the 1930s and 40s and 50s like it's that throwback art style that's so iconic from that time period Mm -hmm. but we're seeing it in a modern setting in this like super challenging fun indie game that like half the reviewers couldn't even finish yeah (laughs) or get past the tutorial or get past the tutorial so i mean yeah we can talk about how difficult it is we could give it the most difficult game of the year but that's a different category that we don't have this time but art style is just absolutely gorgeous it's kind of this cute little cartoony style and i think it absolutely deserves this the craziest thing about this is this game is literally hand-drawn like they drew it and then like scanned it in like an old-time cartoon like you were saying rob yeah and I don't understand how that's possible in a video game where the player has choice as to, like, where you jump and where you go and stuff like that. Like, do you just have to... Is there an algorithm you put in? Or do you just have to draw everything? Right? Yeah. Like, Well, they drew everything and then they scanned it in and then they basically recreated it in digital art. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So they, they, they could like animate the different one. characters to do mm-hmm. certain motions and at certain even, times. And there's even, like, all these controls. cool little quirks that makes it look like those old 1930s cartoons. Because, yeah. like... There's like you know, there's a filter over the screen that you know kind of has like those blurry lines and little dots that makes it look kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from the world map 
in you know cuphead sometimes the color in his shoes will kind of like turn from yellow to like orange and like brown and then you know like the animators can yeah they forgot what color they normally color yeah and that's something that happened in those old cartoons the animators sometimes those things colors would just slightly change so they put that in the game Mm -hmm. and just all the different references to all the old cartoons even a lot of like video game references like there's tons of little street fighter type references and they're not super on the nose it's kind of like Oh, this kind of looks like a Dukin. This kind of looks like E Honda's, you know, super fist yeah, uh, yeah. move and stuff like that. So they just found a really neat way to bring it in, especially with the the giant animations of the bosses. I think those yeah, so yeah. so cool. Um, they did. It's such a cool game, and there's just the amount of work that went into this game, drawing everything. Yeah. I can't imagine how long they were working on it, especially because it's a small team, right? Yeah, From it's Canada. a smaller team. Two or three guys, right? Well, yeah, I think or, it's I think it's more than that, but there's like I think there's a family that kind of headed it up and designed it mm, and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah, I met I met a couple of developers. I think it was three years ago. Like that's oh, wow, that's right. Yeah. yeah, for a long time it was at a uh, Microsoft event. It was before like the latest like Halo game or anything came out. Um, I played at an event there. I got a picture with a Cuphead like guy who was in a giant like mascot uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was awesome. And then like you know it took three more years and it kind of went silent for a while yeah. so the fact that it finally came out is awesome yeah. and, uh, and it's a I great it's cool. a great you game and why beautiful yeah yeah so you definitely so. understand why and it definitely turned out pretty cool yep um, so. this is also a uh slash award this is our award winner for uh um most likely to make nathan rage quit uh, award as well oh yep. yeah that's yep. true i <laughs> yep you know me when it comes to any kind of game with platforming it's and or boss rushes or boss rushes and <laughs> yeah you combining guys... those two together i don't think i'd make it longer than like three <laughs> three minutes it's maybe. a knockout we um we actually we had a review copy for this game and we gave it to nathan and that's why we still don't have a review for it. <laughs> <laughs> he's still in the tutorial <laughs> yeah, not really guys cuphead doesn't like my, us that much uh, but <laughs> on my yeah, I don't have anything to play this game on. So, <laughs> right. so best we're, art style, Cuphead. Yep, so we're moving ahead. Um, best art style was Cuphead, but the best graphics. Um, this one was also a pretty clear-cut winner for yeah. us. Um, this goes to a game that all three of us, um, most of the games we're talking about on the show today, maybe not all three of us played yeah. uh, to a great extent, but this game we all played a ton and loved, mm-hmm. um, and that would be Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, you know, I... I played this game fresh off of Breath of the Wild, um, which is obviously another great, gorgeous-looking open-world game. And the art styles in these two games are totally different. Breath of the Wild is very kind of you know artistic, looks like a painting almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, Horizon Zero Dawn definitely goes for a very it's photorealistic. photorealistic yeah. yeah, like you can. Yeah. I took screenshots in this game that look like a real photo, like. The animations and, and the, the hair on Aloy's face to just all the environments and the structures. And the like, only way you can determine that it's a video game, not a real picture, is the giant robot dinosaur walking in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, just nature itself was, was incredible. And it didn't feel like anything was copy and paste. Like it wasn't copy and pasted textures and bushes and rocks yeah. and trees. Like mm-hmm. I felt like it was very intentional and everything stood out and looked a little different. Well, I feel like most games, you know, you play them and you might pause to glance at a landscape part of things but i've never had a game where every single sunset and sunrise i stop like i <laughs> yeah. literally stop wherever i am i'm like i need to get somewhere taller i need to take <laughs> i this just all need in. to look at it i just need to take this all in yeah. and like it's a video game i mean i'm literally spending time looking at sunsets in video games <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah. like the whole meta, yeah, yeah. meta. <laughs> well and that brings up a good point is i the most impressive feature of this game um graphics wise is the lighting system is absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic oh, yeah. totally. like 
like you said, the sunsets and sunrises were amazing. And also just the shadows and how they fall, like they look super realistic. Yeah. And it was really, really cool to see, especially yep. from like from mountains to like trees to the actual robot dinosaurs. What are the names of them again? The robot dinosaurs. The fallen or, or, or uh, robots. Something or like, like that. that. Something, something, something fantasy sci-fi. If, if you have this game, this is what I recommend doing to really check out and be impressed by the lighting system is go into photo mode because you know, it freezes the game. You kind of move yeah. the camera around. And you can mess with the settings like the blur, the aperture, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can actually change the time of day than when you're currently in the game. So you can just literally hold right, and the sun will like, slowly move and change all the colors yeah, and, you can and the see shadows. It's so cool. And you can change that like real time. And it's mm -hmm. just, when I did that, I just was experimenting with different you know, times of day for like 20 minutes, but I'm the perfect one for my photo. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's course. so cool. Like it's so so gorgeous. You just I mean, want to take in everything you see. We also should probably mention in talking about graphics in Horizon Zero Dawn, the character animations in this game are absolutely incredible. Like, you know, with Mass Effect Andromeda coming out kind of close to this one and the facial animations being some of the yeah. worst in video game history. And then here we have ones that every capture is just absolutely incredible. All the words look accurate. Everything looks just absolutely incredible. And the characters and how they move looks realistic. I mean, it feels like a really real living world with the mm -hmm. characters moving around. And that, like, graphically is amazing. And what a triumph, really, for Guerrilla Games, you know, who did the Killzone <laughs> games, which mm -hmm. looked good, but definitely kind of got bland yeah. and didn't weren't really known to be that exciting mm -hmm. or pretty to look at or anything and yeah. just turn around and make this game with this crazy yeah. art style well, and, and design. like the fact that they changed from being a first person shooter game where you're running through you know very structured levels that have yeah, been very designed linear, and yeah. laid out and linear like you said rob to this open world game that's so huge and has so many different environments and you can do anything so you have to account for so much more than you would in something like Killzone. Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's so good and so beautiful is just a testament to that studio because i can't think of very many studios that have done something like that where mm -hmm. they went from like making we're making a puzzle game to, oh, we're making this crazy, like, open-world racing game or something yeah. like that. Like, the flip is crazy. Yeah, so that, that's an awesome game. I think most people uh, have checked that. If you haven't, it's down on sale $20 now. Yeah, the DLC $20 just came out. Black yeah, the, the Frozen Wilds DLC just came out, and it looks, it picks up exactly where the story left off. It's gorgeous. It looks, I mean, the snow features yeah. in this game look incredible. And there's, so. a, there's a full-featured game with... I think the DLC and the full game coming out in December too. Yep. Yeah, the collection edition. Like a collection edition. Yeah. Yeah. And the outfits too. Like the outfits. Uh, there's another thing I just admired. I just would switch the different outfits just so I could. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I look so cool. And I want to look at all the little details and frills and different things on the. And there was no clipping outfits. when they, the outfits were in cutscenes either. Yeah, it looked, it looked so. really natural. So. so, best graphics, Horizon Zero Dawn. Love it. Um, our next one is a word we hate to give out every year it is the biggest flop. Which is a game that we were excited for. We couldn't wait. We were counting on the release date. And when it finally came, it just didn't really hold near and dear to our heart as much as we had hoped. And um, I'm sorry, Rob, but we have to give it this year to Mass Effect Andromeda. We have to. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, if, if you're not familiar, this is a game that, you know, Rob and I, Nathan to an extent, we're all pretty big and familiar with the Mass Effect series. And are, I'd say we'd all say we're fans of the series. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, and so, like, this was one of the underlying reasons I got my PS4. Like, originally. Originally. Yeah. Like, when the PS4 was still young, I'm like, okay, Destiny's coming out in a couple months. I really want to play Destiny. And then, really, the only other game I have looking forward to is maybe Battlefront and uh, Mass Effect. Those are the two games I know that are coming mm -hmm. that I love the previous for 
you know, games in that series. I'm really excited. So Mass Effect finally did come out. I was busy at the time. I missed it at launch, which yeah. I'm glad I did. <laughs> but I picked it up three months later. I would have never guessed it was twenty dollars. You know, three months after release, and now it's down. I think eleven dollars. Like twelve bucks. Oh, you can get even cheaper than that if you look carefully. It's, yeah, and so like it's just kind of sad because you know, I mean, I if you're a fan of the show, you know, I put almost a hundred hours over a hundred hours into this game because I was so determined to find something good in this game. <laughs> And I found some Did good... Did you find anything good, There Rob? were some good <laughs> Can points. Can you report back to us? There were some good points. Combat-wise, the combat is fun. It's mm-hmm. very fast-paced. It's a really incredible jump up from some of the previous games. Story, meh. Not Quests, good. repetitive. Worlds, repetitive. Characters, bland. Yeah, and you just like everything. Just kind all of the fell... things you want from a good RPG game. Well, especially a good Mass Effect game that you know really the combat in the first Mass Effect game had nothing to do. I mean, it was yeah, okay. Was it was terrible. whatever. But the story and the characters drew in the world drew us in. Yeah. And while the lore is still there in this game, story wise, it just seemed like it was tripping over itself and falling short mm-hmm. of the finish line at the end. And yep. characters just some of them I really liked, and then they would just do something that would just annoy me. I'm like, okay, I just went from you're my favorite character to <laughs> I hope you die horribly. Yeah. But the, this whole relationship that Rob had with Mass Effect and Drama Tour reminded me of like, you know, that maybe that one friend you had in college or high school who was like into dating like this one girl that you knew he shouldn't be dating it wasn't <laughs> yep. right for him yep. but he was so committed he's like you know I'm gonna he's make like, it work no, out I'm gonna I'm like I'm gonna make better. her better I'm gonna <laughs> fix her like if I put enough time to her I can make her better and everything's gonna work you're out you're so so committed to it which, and now which, six months later yeah. eight months later I'm going back and look, going yeah you guys were right <laughs> yeah I mean um, I, oh I set that one down uh, pretty early I think I maybe got ten hours in if that um and I, I uh, might pick it up again if, if I get a 4K TV eventually because I have the PS4 Pro. I heard it looks really nice. Just to check out graphically because other than the facial animations, like the world animations, like it's they, pretty they good looking. Pretty yeah. good, yeah. The worlds looked cool. They were just too big. There wasn't enough to do really. Well, and I mean, mm. as far as stuff to do, everything was just so repetitive. It nothing felt original. Everything felt like we've been yeah. here. We've done this in Mass Effect before. Not let alone and drama. You know, is this? And this, I think, is kind of signaling an end of single-player games in a way. I mean, they released this game, and then six months later, they're like, well, we're not doing that single-player-focused Star Wars game anymore because it's a Mm -hmm. single-player game. And they have basically said, we're not going to do any more single-player-focused games from now on. Yeah. So we can say with at least a 75 to 80% confidence, maybe even higher than that, that Mass Effect Andromeda, not only is it the biggest flop category, but we can give it the category of death of EA single-player games. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, and even Mass Effect, I don't think exactly. we're going to see Mass Effect. I wouldn't say never, but we're not going to see it well, again this generation. We've seen some comic books. We've seen some novels coming out of this now, and I think that's all we're going to see for the next few years. It's going to go It's going to Maybe go like black. in 10 years. 10 years yep. we'll, we could maybe see something. Yeah, again, but so they have it's to have sad. a good idea it's, for it's it. It's sad, but uh, you know, it could, could could have been a lot better. Yep. All right. So now we got the biggest flop out of the way. We're going to talk about the best indie game. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a debate here because I think the best indie game of the year is SteamWorld Dig Two by Image Image uh, Form Games. And uh, what do you guys think it is? Because we haven't decided we haven't decided this award yet. Um, I think it's Golf Story because that game. I wasn't expecting it at all. It got announced and then released within like two or three yeah, weeks. It literally came out of nowhere. Which, yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. 
And it is such a cool, like, small little game. It's the perfect style of game that I want to play as an indie mm-hmm. game. Like, I don't want a, an indie game to be a game that's like, yes, I'm this huge, super important, like, AAA game, and I want it to respect my time, mm-hmm. and for me to be able to play it in short bursts, and it does all of that really, really well, and has amazing writing, and it's, the gameplay The is story really is really play. good, and yeah. it's really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting it to really have a, a good or funny story. Like, the writing in that game... It reminds me almost like some of the cheeky like Nintendo RPGs, like Paper Mario and stuff, yeah, where it exactly. just gets really sassy like out of nowhere. It's it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that's a really good choice. It does have a little bit of multiplayer. In yeah, you can play if you want to play just kind of the golf game, which is super arcadey, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can play against other people and stuff like that too. So that's that's a nice. Did feature. you have any indie games you want to throw in the back? I know you play a lot of indie games. I don't know if you thought one really stood out. Well, you know, and I was as I was thinking about this category, I've played a lot of indie games in the last year. Um, I play indie games. Almost, except for a few big AAA games, I play mostly indie games. Yeah, yeah. And I realize that most of the indie games I've played this year are not released this year. Oh, older games ones. Are, are <laughs> older games in, in the backlog. So they're the backlog. So I don't really have much of a indie game to put into this category. But I will say that um, based off of everything I've heard from these two games, I haven't played either of them. Yeah, I'm drawn more to Golf Story than I am to Steam World Dig Two, mostly because Steam World Dig, Steam World Dig Two sounds like a cool premise, and I love the idea of the first game. I played a little of the first game, and you know, kind of the idea just. You just continuously are getting better and doing all that stuff, but Golf Story, having that story and having kind of more of the just the various features that keep you playing it for longer mm. seem like far better in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let Steam me make, let me make a case for Steam Let's World Dig Two. Yeah, give us your case. The, the neat thing about Steam World Dig Two is we really see this awesome evolution of the Steam World, uh, you know, universe. Right. Mm-hmm. The original Steam World Dig was a really fun game, um, pretty simplistic, wasn't super long. Uh, then they had SteamWorld Heist come along, which is a totally different movie. It was a tactical combat-based game, uh, turn-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really neat evolution. And then they kind of went back said, okay, how can we refine this original SteamWorld Dig idea, um, make it better? And, you know, they said, you know what? We're not going to just dig downwards. We're going to dig sideways. We're going to have tons of new areas that are exploring. We're going to make everything bigger, brighter, sound better. Um, the music in this game is incredible. Like, I love the just the main town, the central hub theme in the game. It's it's great. There's all these different characters. The upgrade system kept me wanting to play just one more time, one more time, so I can get the next upgrade. You can respec your upgrades. Mm-hmm. And really just the amount of secrets in this game. Because I, I finished the game in about eight hours, which yeah. is what, what I really wanted in a game like this. Yeah, like, you don't want I didn't want it shorter game. or longer yeah, than yeah. that. Um, so it hit that sweet spot in length. And then I have been kind of slowly going back to it and saying, okay, in this area I have you know 80% of all the hidden items. Mm. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find... These items and all the different artifacts you find. I think there's 40-something-odd artifacts in the game. They're all just, like, random things. Like, there's one that looks like an amiibo figurine. It makes fun of the fact that amiibos are just little pieces of plastic that people spend way too much money on. (laughs) And then there's just, like, random, like, hats and different stuff. And so it totally just kind of has these funny little entries for each of the different artifacts. And then all the golden gears you find, um, you use those to upgrade your character make it greater and then you unlock upgrades in the game that make it harder as well and so like for me i'm like i want this game to be more challenging um oh i can take double damage but i'll get double uh rewards for any cash i turn in as well so the difficulty really scales and i feel like it's really a game that you can explore and really anyone can have fun with it's not quite as accessible i guess as golf story because that's obviously a pretty simple yeah like anyone can pick up and, and play it's not that hard to 
anyone, even if you don't have a lot of video game experience, you can play this and do pretty well at this game. Yeah, and you know that is a longer experience. But if yeah. you know you're looking for maybe a shorter experience or a single player experience that has a really interesting world and really, in my mind, is the best Metroidvania type game that we've had in years. Um, SteamWorld Dig really filled filled that gap for me. And playing on the Switch on the go too was awesome. It looks great. Great that art style really glows mm -hmm. in mode, but. But I don't know. I, I like Golf Story too. We we could give it a Golf Story if you yeah. guys really think that we should go that rack. What do you guys think? Uh, <laughs> so I haven't finished SteamWorld Dig. I've only been able to play maybe like an hour of it or something okay. like that. Um, but I do really. I played the original. I really appreciate just how it seems like SteamWorld Dig Two did everything that SteamWorld the original did, but just expanded on it and did it bigger, better, and just kind of added more things that made it cooler and made it. Um, I don't know. It just does made it a lot easier for for people to play like you were talking about how you can kind of respect your character and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i think that's super nice and a lot you of don't have to like commit to one way go oh crap so, i never use this i don't want to have to do that yeah, anymore yeah exactly and just making the world a lot bigger too was was what was cool i kept being surprised I'm like wait there's a whole nother area or like what wait i unlocked you know a hook shot oh wait i have a jetpack now like i could totally reach areas i never even thought before yeah that's true um rather than just oh i can now shoot a more powerful missile that can open doors. It's like mm -hmm. a totally new way of moving and exploring in the game too. Yep. Um, so what do you think, Rob? Uh, you're the. I think you're the. Deciding. I think I'm the, the deciding factor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if this seems fair because I haven't played either of your games. So it's okay. Um, I'm going to give it to Golf Story. All right. Mainly on the premise because, like I said, it seems more accessible. It seems like, you know, the upgrade system in SteamWorld Dig 2 is great and all, and I love that idea, and I love how they've executed that. And I think, I mean, if we could give this to both of them, I mean, we could. <laughs> I would give it to, you know, I would, I would definitely say it would be a good tie here. Yeah. But giving it to Golf Story, just the feel of the game, the aesthetic, the kind of the surprise value, because one of the things you expect in an indie mm -hmm. game is it comes out of nowhere, you see this indie game come up, and you go, wow, that's a really fun concept yeah. that I didn't expect to be fun. And I think Golf Story captures that mentality. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, SeamWorld Dig, we've seen that kind of aesthetic before, we've seen kind of the Metroid before. We've mm -hmm. seen lots of Metroid And it's a yeah, sequel. Yeah. And it is a sequel. And Golf Story is this original... Golf Story brought back the gameplay from NES Golf, which... Doesn't really happen anymore. No, yeah. and just the fact that it's so far distant from golf, from NES Golf, and the fact that it adds in like this whole like quest and story element to it as well. I think giving yeah. it to Golf Story is a, a fairly good. All right. Point. So All right. Golf Story is officially the best, best indie game of Steam 2017. Two, a close, close runner up. Yep. Close runner up. Yep. There we go. If you have a Switch. Um, there's a lot of great indie games out there, people. That's what I'll is. say. And if you feel like we chose wrong, tweet us at HeyListenGames or underscore games and tell us why you think we're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> We'd love to hear your The opinions. Image Form guys are going to tweet us and get mad at us now. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. True. No, it's okay. Um, so, moving forward, uh, that was a good conversation, guys. Um, we're going to talk about the best fighting game. Um, you know, going into this year, we talked a little about on the show how there's. There was a lot of fighting yeah, games. Yeah, a this lot year. of really cool fighting games that came out. Um, the three biggest ones, I think, that have come out so far, obviously being Arms, Injustice Two, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Te mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to Tekken Seven as well. Oh, that's yeah, right. a game yeah, that Tekken Seven has been gone for a long time and came back, and I know a lot of people really like it. If you're into the, because Tekken has a different style kind of. Fighting yeah, yeah, it is a little bit different games. for sure. Um, and even uh, Rivals of Aether got its full launch as well. Um, and so there's been a lot of different fighting games. I think there's may maybe a couple still coming. We still haven't gotten Pocket Fight. I'm really looking forward to that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. The game looks really cool. But uh, I'm, I'm um, predicting uh, February 2018 on that one. Yeah. You know, Marvel's Capcom Infinite, you know, I'm a huge MVC guy. 
but the art style in that game, like in that demo, was just so <laughs> horrendous. That I was just I was blown away how bad the art direction that game. I is. think that took away from the game also because you know one of the things you want to do in a fighting game. I mean, obviously we have our old school Street Fighter and Marvel or Mortal Kombat's, and mm-hmm. we like that aesthetic. You know, because it's that old aesthetic. But when you come to the forefront as one of the newest fighter games coming out in 2017, and your graphics look like that, yeah, well, I don't even and look especially like an old aesthetic. It looks like a game when, from like 2006. Yeah, or something. and like well, every character with Injustice had... Two coming out the same year, yeah. and we have Injustice Two superheroes. Well, and all the DC, and all those like, characters in Injustice Two look like they fit together in the game. They all had a yeah. similar aesthetic. Well, you look at Captain America, then you look at like you know Chun Li and all these other, like. You're not not sure what art style they were going for, and like especially with Capcom making Street Fighter Five, which looked really gorgeous for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And then you have this game, which looks like crap. So, um, gameplay wise, it's still good, but you know, that's... I think we're gonna have to dismiss it just because on that premise. The other game <laughs> yeah. that you mentioned was Arms, and I think Arms is one that kind of surprised us because it came out of nowhere. No one was really expecting a fighting game on the Switch to launch. Well, yeah, yeah. it was like really two, two early months on. after. Two, you months, know, two after months into the we launch, we didn't even know this game existed until January. So yeah. like. That was yeah. a cool thing. This was a really big surprise game. We knew they were making another Marvel vs. Capcom in an Injustice and Tekken game eventually. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the fact that Nintendo made a 3D platform fighter that... Or not platform, but a 3D fighting game where mm-hmm. you move around a 3D arena. It reminds me a lot of like, uh, Super unique. Punch-Out. You know, kind of that Super Punch-Out art style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and but that the, feel the to gameplay it. is really different. But the gameplay feels very... You're boxing, but it's totally different. Yeah. Like, the, the cool use of motion controls... Mm-hmm. Um, the different crazy characters, just I think it was a really cool idea, and I still really like that game, and it's still evolving. I like yeah. how they're still adding free DLC, which you know, free DLC in a fighting game doesn't happen. So and it no, was made. Awesome. It was made by the team that made Mario Kart Eight. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's made by a team that isn't used to making fighting games. So yeah. I think that's really cool because they mm-hmm. brought a lot of new things. Yeah. To and it. it has that polish and like quality yeah. of that that team too. That you know, you see the quality of those Mario Kart games, but. Injustice Two. <laughs> well, I mean, Arms doesn't have legs, right? That that's a joke. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like, well, Arms is a great game. It just feels like it still needs to add some depth to it, mm-hmm. and Nintendo still needs to figure out how they're doing online. Yeah, and well, Injustice the, Two the online, online works well, good right? in the game. It's just there's a lack of invite system. Like, yeah, that's still a and problem I think that, that I think that shoots itself in the foot when we have Injustice Two that has gorgeous art style very gritty very you know what we expect from like kind of a dc type fighting game it's got a story mode a really good story which is really good and picks up a lot where the first game left Mm -hmm. off right where superman is evil and imprisoned uh can we say best story mode in the fighting game right stretch Uh, i mean maybe i haven't played a ton of i like the story of the first one better but this one did a good job of following up after the second one, which was like pretty crazy, like how do you follow that yeah, <laughs> story? Yeah. So. Well, and Injustice is really good. And it was entertaining; like it the, was worth watching. It wasn't something you skip, like in exactly. a lot of other games. Yeah, and, you know, Arms didn't even have a story mode. It just had oh, you fight through ten guys, and there's a couple little things of text between fight. Like yeah. that's all. And I mean, obviously, we'll see with the new Justice League movie coming out. But I feel movie coming out. But I feel like Injustice and Injustice Two have done what DC has not been able to do in their movies, and that's create a story that's engaging and interesting <laughs> with characters that we want to see. Well, and the customization of that game is so cool. And Every it, fight that you do yeah. unlocks gear and armor, and you level up that character. Mm-hmm. And you can put different armor that has different abilities and different perks, uh, resistance or extra attack damage. 
And you can really customize your Harley Quinn or Batman or yeah. Gorilla Grodd to look however you want it to look. And then there's just tons of content. And there's so many different modes. And there's the, I think it's called the multiverse mode, which just has all these different challenges and it yeah. updates every day. So you're getting tons of fresh gameplay so twists. So it gives you so. a reason to keep playing. Exactly. There's, yeah, a lot, exactly. there's a lot to do in that game. And um, there are a lot of DLC characters being added. You know, it's not free or anything. You'd have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the roster was pretty good to start with. It wasn't huge, but it was bigger than ARMS. And yeah. obviously Marvel's Capcom didn't have... I mean, it was a small roster since the original. Mm-hmm. And almost every character was a returning character. Like, all the new characters are DLC, which is lame. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. the fact that they, they're doing a good job for the most part with DLC and just updating and keeping... Like, they did an event when Wonder Woman came out. Like, you could get the gear from the movie for Wonder Woman in the game. Oh, just, really? Yeah, yeah, just cool stuff like that with crossovers. So I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. do something with Justice League. Yeah, something League with Justice out. League, absolutely. But, well, and I think one of the things with Injustice 2 that's really important also is combos and fighting. You know, because, I mean, when you go to a fighter fighting game, we want to see, you know, particularly in this type of aesthetic, we want to see what are the combos I can do. How easy are they to accomplish? How what moves you know the finishing moves and that sort of thing i feel like injustice yeah. 2 did a really yeah, incredible the super job moves are the best part they're of that amazing game. Yes. i mean flash has probably the coolest move in video game history like you literally punch a guy go around the world so many times that you go back in time grab the person slam them against the sphinx's nose slam them against the t-rex and bring them back to the future like it's so cool you do this time loop and they just have I mean, some marty really cool mcfly is jealous of how much back to the future is going on here <laughs> yeah but I think if we're gonna, I my vote is for the best fighter this year is Injustice yeah. Two. It's it's such a polished game. You have to give it for just how well that game looks and mm. with how amazing that game looks graphically and technically and how much stuff there is. Like the loading times are so short. Like it's under five seconds. Yeah. Um. It, it's amazing how how they pulled off this game, looking so good, having so much stuff. So yeah, um, awesome. Injustice Two definitely has to be the best fighting game for this year. All right. Um. So moving on. After best fighting game, we're going to talk about best multiplayer, which, you know, fighting games are obviously multiplayer, but you pretty much know what you're getting with <laughs> Injustice yes. or ARMS multiplayer, you're right. Um, so best multiplayer, we had a conversation, you know, Splatoon 2 is one of my most played games this year. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. a lot of our listeners really like Splatoon as well. And that game did a lot of things right. The biggest thing that makes me want to think Splatoon 2 is the best multiplayer game of the year is the uh, Salmon Run mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the mode. That's... I think I put like double or triple the amount of time into Salmon Run than I did the kind of normal multiplayer mode of, wow. of Splatoon 2. Just because it was so fun. It was such a neat idea and a great take on a horde mode that fit within mm-hmm. the Splatoon world. And it had really quick rounds and it was really easy to jump in and out of as well. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it also let you team up with like only one or two of your friends and then go out and <laughs> match, make the, match rest. make the rest of them. Which that, none of the rest of Splatoon was, does. That was the best implementation. Implementation of Splatoon's online. Like, when yes. you try to play online with Splatfest or anything else, like, it's awful. And ultimately, I think that's what kind of holds this game back. Like, mm-hmm. we can't say it's the best multiplayer game because there's no local multiplayer. Uh, or there is if all your friends have Switch, but there's no split screen. You know, it's one per yeah, yep. system. Um, and the and ability the, to create multiplayer matches with your friends yeah. is severely Well, just the lack lacking. of invite and party system. Yeah. We have to use a phone app to try to talk to people, and it's mm-hmm. so disastrously You can only use the phone app bad. if you have the right amount of people and stuff like that. It's still kind of terrible. Yeah, and like you can't talk to them if they're not in your same team. So like Nathan and I tried it, and like it split us into teams. We couldn't even talk to each other. So I go back to Discord. So, you know, Sam yeah. is awesome, like you said. The Turf Wars ranked battles are a lot of fun. Um, but we felt kind of weird giving that the best multiplayer when there's yeah. obviously still a lot of problems as well. <laughs> yes. So, um, 
Rob, Rob, what do you think the best multiplayer game so, is? That's I mean, not this, Platoon 2. This is a game that we we talked a little bit about near the start of the year, and we haven't really talked about it much, because I, I think I brought it up as kind of this weird Battle Royale-type game, and it's Player Unknown Battleground. Yep. Um, this game blew up. Like This, this game is has insane. blown up. It's, it's sold, what, over 10 million copies, yeah, and it's, it's still in early it's access? setting yeah. like concurrent records for like Steam users. Like, it's... There's always yeah, it's past over... like Dota 2 yeah. and all of the other like most popular games on Steam that Valve makes, <laughs> which is kind of insane. Thinking. And it's not even like fully out. Like it's no, it's still in early, early access. Early access. And they've what kind is, of do they're still doing tons of updates to it and balancing the game and adding new maps. And it's not even a full like we built this from the ground up type game. It's built out of another game. Mm-hmm. You know, like using this kind of modding and abilities. I think it's um, Daisy, Daisy or something. Daisy, yeah. And they brought it out into this. And if you go on Twitch, you know, obviously League of Legends is going to be one of the top streamed games ever. But you look down the list, and Player Unknown Battlegrounds is always, always in the, in the, the top. top 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always. And it doesn't just... matter what time of day it is, it's always up there because, I mean, how many other games, you know, before this game came out, before 2017, had a battle royale type system? Like 100 yeah. versus, like, you're playing against with, other people. With survival exactly. mode. With survival mode. Added and... into it. and other... There was other games that had done it, but this game did it very well. And, and because of that, it made it popular. And mm-hmm. now, for the next, like, two years, every game that has a multi- will have a multiplayer mode that is a battle royale style yeah. of some kind I mean, or Fortnite did that and that's selling super well and like yeah. I was talking you know one of my best friends yesterday and he's like yeah they, you know, I bought Destiny 2 and I was super hyped for that game but all I've been playing for the last like month is Fortnite Battle Royale like I just yeah. <laughs> I love it it's so addicting it's so much fun and what I think is cool is you know you can play it solo and go in by yourself in matchmaking and you'll fight against 99 other people or you can do it um, with a squad. You know, you can go into a couple of friends and okay, we're a team of four. We're playing against you know fifty other, other teams. teams. Of four, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it, it really lets you kind of play it how you want. It can be uh, experience you do with your friends or solo, and it's still um, a lot of fun. Um, so player now, player knows battlegrounds has to be our best. Uh, multiplayer game for 2017 we're gonna look back and say that's the year that <laughs> battle royale battle royales in. became a thing and i mean obviously i mean <laughs> i haven't played it i don't think any of us have played it but i played tons of fortnite which is like the same which idea. is the same just, principle just because i don't but really have the Steam. fact that we i mentioned this like really early on i think back in march it already had like a million players online and it was march and it came out like just a month in early access before that so like the fact that so many people are on board with this multiplayer has to be the best multiplayer. Yep. Player unknown, Battlegrounds. All right, so we got to move ahead here. Um, our next award, our next game we were giving out, goes to the best story. And, um, you know, I I had kind of had trouble thinking of the best story this, this year. I didn't finish Uncharted Lost Legacy. They didn't grip me uh, at the beginning yet. So maybe mm. that has a good story. I mean, Naughty Dog usually does, but... Um, I didn't feel like we should give it to that. And Rob, you actually um, convinced Nathan and I here what the best stories of the year. So tell us a little about okay. your choice. So this is a sequel to another game. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago, and it is an RPG stylized like D and D, Divinity: Original Sin Two. I know Brad Powell, a good friend of the you know the show, will be very excited about this <laughs> one. But I, everything I've seen of this game, everything I've done and looked at and you know researched it, this game had some of the best reviews this year 
Um, you know, if it wasn't for Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, it would be the number one rated game this this year. This year, yeah. And I think with that, you know, the thing about this game is that it is an RPG, and you have you recruit your players, you recruit your uh, your squad, but the amount of decisions that go into this game, you can decide to do a choice here, and that'll affect these twelve different choices going throughout the game. Uh, you looked up before the show, Jeff, uh, an ending like kind of video just mm-hmm. to see like what are the different endings and it's like 36 minutes yeah 30 of, minutes, 30 over 30 minutes of different um endings like that's how many different endings it, the ending can be so different based on the choices you make and just to really deliver on that promise of how yeah. drastically different the ending of the game can be and the, the story is still interesting like it doesn't sacrifice a good story for that and really it takes cool. a lot of i mean i think one of the things we you know when you talk about story you have to talk a little bit about the moral alignment scale and, you know, like, we've had our games where, you know, kind of the coders and the the Bioware, you know, type games where it's, you know, the good choice and the bad choice, yeah, it's like and it's super, like, yeah. black and white. And this is one of those games that you can choose to do this this way and this this way, and it all adds into the, the culmination of where you stand, and it can all... You can choose to be that jerk, and all your decisions kind of roll in, into that. And you can choose to be that good player, and all your decisions kind of roll into mm-hmm. it. Just the dynamics of the choices you can make that affect the story is incredible. And there are areas. I was talking to someone; they were saying that there are areas of the game they put almost 150 hours into this game, mm-hmm. and there are areas of the game that they still have not discovered because they have to go back there and play it a fourth or yeah, fifth so time. Kind of unlocks everyone based on how you play. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, yeah. So definitely check out Divinity if um, you like those type of games. Um, that is our best story of 2017. Uh, close shout out to go- Golf Story. Nathan's over thinking, like, I love the jokes in Golf Story. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is great. But we had to give it say, to me uh, so. Breath of the Wild obviously had the best story. Oh, man. Was there even Until a story? The ending. Yeah. Until the ending. <laughs> um, uh, a joke, a joke. <laughs> Um, so our most improved award. This is a award we give out to um, a this game. This is a new category. Yeah, new we category. changed some of our categories. We'll do this every year. Just have some different categories based on some of the games that came out this year. And yeah, and so this is really just looking at you know a game that's whether it's a sequel or a new game in a series um, that really just kind of improved on the you know ones before it. And um, uh, I guess we decided that it's Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, I know Rob is our big Assassin's Creed guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, we got to get some Assassin's Creed love in here. And we're looking at Origins saying, you know, I did a lot of things right. Um, and I guess, you know, it's looking... I haven't played it, but it's looking like it's improved way more I think um, the, than the other There's a couple things. The way they built the world is really, really cool. It's giant... It's super open. You can kind of go anywhere. It's much better in that category as compared yeah, to like other worlds. It, it took like, a lot of lessons. And there's from a lot Witcher of variation 3. within the um, world, like lots of different environments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. For example, I played Syndicate, and Syndicate had a cool world, but it was just basically London and gray. And everywhere you went, maybe it the buildings the changed yeah. a little bit, but it, it still looked very similar. Um, and well, the game before that, similar with the yeah, Unity, Unity and, and Paris. Paris. Yeah, exactly. So, when it took a lot of lessons from Witcher Three. Which, I mean, Witcher 3 is one of the highest nominated RPGs in the last five years. And it is gorgeous, and it's huge. And I think Assassin's Creed using a lot of lessons from that. Yeah. And also restructuring a lot of how they do it, making it so you level up. You know, there's more of an RPG class system to it, which Mm -hmm. is a lot more similar to Witcher 3 than Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So you're finding, like, more skills and leveling up. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole new loot system where you're collecting all these different weapons and stuff like that, as opposed to, like, before, you're like, oh, I have to Complete with loot boxes? 
complete with loot boxes, I believe. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, there's... Um, but now, instead of being like, oh, I have the hidden blade, maybe I'll upgrade it, you're like, oh, there's like these six different kinds of hidden blades I can get, and there's different kind of qualities, awesome. like legendary, and like, um, similar to kind of like Destiny Destiny's style. Yeah, you get to choose how you want to mm, play. You get to choose cool. your combat style, and you can upgrade your skills to reflect that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that really makes this game stand out as one of our most improved is where does it stand in comparison to all the other Assassin's Creed games? And if you look at the reviews... Mm-hmm. We're two weeks out from when it came out. All the reviews are putting it as the best or second best Assassin's Creed game ever. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. And so, you mm. know, the only other one that really topped it in some of the lists I looked at was Assassin's Creed 2, just because it was it improved such so much Assassin's on Creed was the such first a jump one from one to two. Yeah. yeah. And so I we're feel... seeing another like big generational jump that they took a year off, they had some extra time mm-hmm. with it, and they did that. What excites me the most is the combat has finally changed. The combat's been the same in every single Assassin's yes. Creed, and now it's like hitbox based. You're not just lock onto an enemy, push one button to hit light, one button to heavy, one to counter. It's a lot different now. It's more free flow yeah. and hitbox based, and so it's a lot more technical. I Less think. Batman, yeah. more Witcher 3. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, they so. took a lot of lessons from Witcher 3, and I think it really helped them in as far as what they are and so most improved assassin's creed origins good job ubisoft now keep it up yes (laughs) don't don't just copy and paste origins for 10 years and don't pull an ea (laughs) (laughs) um so our biggest surprise game this is the award we're giving out um we gave this out last year to stardew valley just because it was a game that kind of came out of nowhere no one really expected it and it was a really really cool game um it blew our minds and so this year we're thinking biggest surprise game and we have to give this to the one Super Nintendo game that came out this year, which of course the Star Fox Super 2. Nintendo released in what 1991. 1991. So, right, so 26 years ago. Yeah, 26 years later, we have this game coming out for the Super Nintendo. It was obviously in the Super Nintendo Classic Edition, and you know I consider myself a huge Star Fox fan. Do I think all the Star Fox games are amazing? No, no. I do not. Do I still love that series? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that I could play this game, which is easily the worst game in the Star Fox series. <laughs> but play this game that got canned. And, like, you know, the developers didn't even know this game was coming out. Like, it was a surprise to them that Nintendo was finally releasing yeah, the I game. Yeah, like, I feel like that's why it's our surprise game. Not because it's a good game. Because from pretty much everything we know, coming out in 2017, a game that has the art style and feel <laughs> of a game that should have come out in 1993, it surprise the developers like they didn't even know that it was coming out and that makes it so much like if the guys who created this game and put all their love (laughs) and you know tears and sweat and blood into this game didn't know it was coming out it's a surprise to them obviously this has to be our surprise because it's just no one was was, expecting it was probably my one of my most you know surprised and excited moments of the year when i think of like game announcements Mm -hmm. like obviously you know i got excited for a lot of the new switch stuff coming out because it was a new piece of hardware and you know odyssey and stuff but the fact that they announced this game that was canceled and nintendo was peeling back the curtain which they do so rarely they're so tight-knit they don't let yeah. things out and if game gets canceled like it just goes away forever right mm-hmm. but to peel back the curtain and say okay here's this game you know it's not a great game but we're still kind of proud of our history we're gonna let you guys experience and you can see why it got canceled yes but you can also see a lot of the ideas that we worked into future games and kind of see where yeah. that that idea came from i think that was just so cool because we don't see that like you don't see this happen in video no games. especially with nintendo who is historically like you said so kind of closed-lipped and close those doors yeah <laughs> and i mean we can make all sorts of theories about how this is sort of 
stove off their save off the fans until they get their virtual console figured out. Maybe it's like <laughs> here's the game that was you know might have come out on a virtual console you know sometime. Yeah. But I think as far as surprises, this is an incredible surprise to get a game that should have come out twenty yep. twenty five years ago. Very cool. Exactly. So best so. surprise game is Star Fox Two for the Super NES. All right. Um, most original is that the next category? Yeah, most yeah. original. Um, so our most original game. This is something. We want to give an award. It's another new uh, award we're giving out. And we kind of did one kind of similar to we did most influential last year. It, this is you know, kind of that place of games that really revolutionized the world and the video game world. And last year we gave it to Pokemon Go because it literally got people to do all sorts of stuff that mm-hmm. you know people who weren't even gamers got out and did this. And so this kind of, this kind of is a spiritual successor to that. Yeah. Um, so our game uh, that is the most um, original. original idea... Um, goes to Hellblade. I think the Senua's Sacrifice. Senua's Sacrifice. Senua's yeah. Sacrifice. And you know this game tackled the really kind of hard to explain and really to talk about topic of mental illnesses. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You play as a character who's kind of like schizophrenic in a way and has different personalities and just goes through these issues. And you tackle problems in the game with this illness. And it's really kind of candid about it. And the developers are really trying to kind of. Make almost like a statement, like the the proceeds, a lot of the proceeds of the games went towards mental illness, like facilities yeah, yeah. and care, and so just the fact that this game even exists and is a cool and it's yeah. a fun game, um, I think is just awesome. And the fact that they were so open about it, like you start mm-hmm. the game and there's a screen that says, "This game um, was researched and talked about with many many mental health counselors and." Um, people like that yeah. and so it wasn't we, we want to make this game to promote to promote the uh idea of mental illnesses and stuff yeah. like that and get more people talking about it because it's something in our society that we for a long time we're like all right we'll just shut them away in asylums and you know even today we have a hard time talking about it with mm-hmm. other people so it's starting that conversation and it's something that's completely new in video games um many video games like you look at it they try and like shy away from social issues because they're like well if we do that we're yeah. gonna piss off one portion of the population yeah. and won't buy our game <laughs> yeah um and or so if they do them, do it it feels like it's like a you know like a cash in or a cheap, exactly cheap way. like oh we're putting uh all of our five main characters are of different races and genders just yeah. because we want to be politically correct you know it wasn't and we'll trying kill to do four one of them the before the game's over so you play the white male <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like this game i mean while it may not necessarily like as far as reviews are concerned it didn't necessarily get outstanding reviews it wasn't necessarily an amazing game nor was it necessarily like the first game to really do something and tackle social issues i mean we have games like that dragon cancer that really dealt with what is it like to deal with cancer mm-hmm. yeah. and that sort of thing we've had other games that have dealt with really heavy topics but this is one of the games this year that really stood out because of how it approached the subject, how much the media just all across the board were buzzing about mm-hmm. this mental illness. And it it I, was a bigger project too. This mm-hmm. wasn't a game made it by wasn't, one person. It wasn't made by a no. This isn't an indie game. An this indie isn't like game. you know they had a publisher, etc. Yeah. yeah. And so the fact that that many people were able to get behind this idea and fund this game. Um, I think it's really cool, and I'd love to see you know more games kind of come out like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I, that's I, why I we're giving it this award is because we want to encourage this in video games yes. and in game making. Yeah. So, so. most more, original, more please. Most exactly. original, Hellblade, send you a sacrifice. All right. So our most prestigious award that we give out every year in the game is, of course, is our 2017 Game of the Year, which really has come down to three titles. Super three Mar- titles? 
Super Mario Odyssey, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Those are the three best games yep. I think all three of us can agree we played this year. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right off the bat, I want to strike Horizon Zero Dawn from the list. Because <laughs> even though I love the combat, um, it didn't really hold me... Um, after I kind of beat the main campaign. Okay. Hmm. You, I kind of went back because I had nothing to do and I liked kind of collecting things, but it wasn't fun. It was go to this part of the map, pick up said item, get a little bit of lore, and, you know, you're done. Yeah. Um, while Zelda and Breath, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, I think there are, are a lot of things to still do after you complete the there game. Are. Like mm-hmm. The post-game, especially in Mario, is so incredible. And so... Um, my what? strike, my, here's here's my strike against Breath of, or not Breath of the Wild, against Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Is that it did so many different things very, very well. It didn't mm-hmm. really bring a ton of innovation to anything. The combat was different from, um, kind of different from anything we've seen. But, you know, it was either, if you're fighting up close, it had kind of similar, like, combat to maybe something like Batman or something like that, yeah. where you're jumping around. Or you were shooting with a bow, and we've played games like that. The creatures we were fighting were different, but it didn't really innovate in any crazy huge way or anything like that. It mm-hmm. did a lot of open world things really, really well. It didn't make it a 300-hour game where to yeah. complete everything <laughs> I had to put a ton of time into it. I really appreciate that, especially in 2017 when there's so many games coming out. But it didn't do that one thing that like kind of made it, like for me, like, oh, that's my game of the year because it's something yeah. new that I never expected to see before. When I make the argument... Um... I think Horizon Zero Dawn is an incredible game, and I think story-wise it's been really good and interesting. I've really enjoyed the story, and graphically, I mean, we already give it the category of best graphics, which is why another reason why we're kind of striking it off is because we don't really want to double-dip on our categories. Yeah. But I think just in its nature, like you said, Nathan, it's not the Super Mario Odyssey Breath of the Wild. We'll be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn for a long time. We will consider it in the depths of our heart as you know, very dear. I mean, I, I, I still hold hold the ground that that is the best PlayStation Four like exclusive game. Like, yeah, I think it, absolutely, it's a game that everyone who has a PS Four needs to play. Especially now, it's twenty bucks. Like, yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's a must absolutely. play. Um, but you know, the story and the graphics; those are better than Mario and Zelda, arguably. Like those sure. two things are great. Mm-hmm. But for me, it all comes down to gameplay and like traversal, right? Uh, Breath of the Wild totally reinvented Zelda with how you can traverse the land with yeah. the, uh, the sailcloth yep. and be able to climb any mountain and be really be able to go anywhere you want if you're clever enough. And same with Mario Odyssey. like The whole fun in that game is the gameplay of exploring and jumping off your hat and going and trying to get to all these different ways as creatively as you can. Um, while Breath of the Wild didn't... Er, HZD did not really have that. So yeah. let, let's just let's just talk Zelda, Zelda v Mario. Here. Right. That, that's, I think, that's the I conversation think this is where it comes down to. And as listeners, you probably understand the the basic fight that we're <laughs> having here is Jeff is a Mario fan and has always been obsessed with Mario. Yes, that's and Nathan, been your favorite self proclaimed, yes. self proclaimed, and Nathan is a Zelda fan and has always been a zelda fan exactly like if i if i had to choose either zelda or mario as a series to go forward and i had to kill one off i would kill mario as much as that hurts my heart oh my goodness i I like zelda more than mario and so i mean really what this comes down to is you know we we have you guys both have your personal preference you're both going to jump on this and say you know jeff is obviously going to say super mario odyssey and nathan's going to say breath of the wild let's make a case for each of these games okay and then make a decision i mean i don't think we're gonna be able to you guys are not going to change your minds i well, know we, this. we can break it down by we'll, category we'll right? it down. yeah exactly we'll so like it. story-wise i don't 
almost, you know, every time you compare the Mario and Zelda game of a generation, Zelda always gets the edge, right? Mario's yeah. just, oh, Peach is gone, go save yeah. it, right? This time around, Zelda didn't, it built a world that was really interesting to explore and had a story around it, but it didn't have a linear story or really anything worth fighting for. I didn't want to finish the story mm-hmm. in that game because that wasn't the fun part. The fun part was doing everything else, doing the exploration. Yeah. Mario, you know, it still was Princess Peach was getting captured. Much, yeah. and it's pretty but it, it showed us a new side of Bowser. He's actually a very good wedding planner, right? He had an uh, awesome wedding. Is that uh, is that your argument for the story being good? No, no, no. He can plan I'm the saying, wedding. I'm saying neither one wins story. Neither uh, one. I wins don't. Story. I don't think. Either, yeah, we talked about how Horizon Zero Dawn. If we were giving it to anything, we'd yeah. give it to Horizon Zero. Dawn. Well, and, I mean, Mario and Zelda have never been known. I mean, Zelda has a good story, but Zelda's always been about the items yeah. and the quests. You know, like the the dungeons, beating the dungeons. Mario's always been about the platforming, mm-hmm. and neither of those game series have really premised themselves as being story based. So sure. we can already just like, take that category. Toss in the trash because neither of these games so is going to win on that So if we're going to say basis. platforming and like dungeons, I would say this game, Breath of the Wild obviously doesn't do the best Zelda dungeons ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Mario is the best pure platformer in the Mario series because... What do you mean by like pure pure platformer? Pure platformer like Super Mario Galaxy where you're doing these kind of crazy hard challenges and platforming, mm-hmm. jumping from one place to another. That's mm-hmm. There's part of that in Mario Odyssey and there's certain challenges and it gets harder as you after you go through the credits and there's post-game stuff. But the actual part of Mario is you're exploring these huge open worlds. And yeah, mm-hmm. you have to use platforming to get to certain areas, but you're not it's an open world game and you can complete um you complete complete the game without any really without much platforming. So both of them, you're saying that the both games have basically gone away from not necessarily completely, but gone away from the traditional sense yeah. of what they're getting. Yeah, they both yeah, have reinvented. They the, reinvented the series themselves for sure. And this is, you know, the really the true sequel to open sandbox Mario games. Right? Mm-hmm. This is basically the Mario 64 two we originally wanted. We got Sunshine, which didn't really do everything as we wanted it. You know, Galaxy, all great games, was more linear. 3D World was a 2D, basically 3D multiplayer Mario game, which was yeah. fun. This is finally the promise has been been delivered. We have a 3D sandbox Mario game. And, you know, the real challenge in the game is um, the platforming itself. Because while it's not necessarily hard to do, it is hard to master. And so once you get a feel of the controls and Mario's dive jumps and throwing the caps... Um, like, for example, the Koopa speedrunning challenges. After you beat the game, every single world has um, a Koopa freerunning challenge where it's literally you're doing parkour with these five other little Koopas, mm-hmm. and you have to get from point A to point B as quickly as you can. And, you know, the Koopas do a pretty standard route. You know, it's nothing incredible. Like, if you give it to the average player, that's probably a similar route to what they would do. Yeah. But players like me who, like, love the challenge and want to be creative, like, we find ways to do a crazy backflip, do a wall jump, throw the hat, dive off the hat, do another wall jump, dive back up, grab a ledge, Mm -hmm. do a backflip onto another thing, and, you know, find this really interesting way to get up to the top. And, you know, platforming-wise, I love the way uh, Mario moves in this game. There's so many different options and creativity. Like, and it it really encourages that creativity. It doesn't say, 
you know, to get that star, you have to jump up this thing and get there. Like it says, you can figure out any way to get there. Yep. So traversal wise, it changes a lot of the aspects of how normal Mario games have traversed the world. But I mean, there's still some of the traditional like wall jumps and that sort of thing. But it adds a hat, which is a really cool element when it comes to jumping and moving around. You know, was you know, Breath of the Wild adds some crazy things to the combat in general and just how you the combat in Breath of the Wild is not that great. That, com- that's one of the things going against Breath. Of yeah, the Wild, okay. In my the combat opinion. they it's. The most, it's the deepest Zelda combat system I yeah. think we've ever played. Probably that's um, what I mean. I mean. They added like the ability to to dodge, so you can jump back and dodge, and it'll do like slow down time, and you can do a flurry yeah. rush and stuff like that. Um, and the way you combat, like, there's a bunch of different weapons you can use. Mm-hmm. You can use um, the coolest part of combat, I think, is just the different way you can interact with environments. You can like, oh, I'm gonna set this bush on fire, and then I'm gonna jump up in the air and use the the smoke from the fire to jump up high and then I'm going to shoot a bomb arrow at this guy I'm shooting as well who's also burning and so you can mm-hmm. interact with the environment in many different ways um, that's kind of the the fun and the new of combat um, well, I, I think with with what you're saying you know, compared to how you can creatively come up with ways to get from point A to yeah, point B you, in Mario you Odyssey be the creativity and how you can take out an enemy it's not structured to, you know traditional Mario games it's hit him with the sword or this enemy only requires traditional like Zelda, just yeah. a boomerang or yeah, you can exactly. only use this, this one game, and this game opened the doors it opens to it up you can pick up whatever rocks to throw out. you can use like your magnet to pick up a metal box and hit hit an enemy with or something like that so there's a lot of do- it just opens the doors creatively um, so then we, we got to talk about what is the key feature of each game as far as like what is the newest the selling point the selling point um i think i think for uh, mario it's the capture mechanic and mm. mario's movement you know it's kind of a twofold mostly um, just relating to the when, hat yeah when i played uh or before going into odyssey i thought there'd be maybe 20 different things i could mm. capture right i could capture a goomba a chain chomp bullet bill um but there's i think 52 different things you can capture in this game plays and every single one controls differently and half of them aren't even like you don't there's no booze in this game like there's a lot of classic mario characters that aren't in this game and then the other ones are like you know that are i'm not going to get spoilers yet but Mm -hmm. you know there's some cool ones that show up at the end of the game that you didn't even know were in the game and so that the variety of enemies and the the variety of gameplay that each new enemy you capture um does i think is what keeps the game um so fresh while i was playing breath of the wild you know, I'm fighting the same Bababloons I fought in every single 3D Zelda game. I'm fighting um, a lot of the same characters over and over. There's a red one, then there's a blue one, then there's a white one. And it's the same basic enemy over and over. Really, the only new enemies that I enjoyed fighting, or that I can even think of, were the uh, Lionels, which were really, really fun challenges. Um, and then the Hinoxes, which were the giant fat yeah. <laughs> Bababloons. Those yeah. were awesome experiences and encounters, but... There wasn't a lot of new enemies or creative things that had me excited when I was doing, you know, uh, combat encounters in in Zelda. Well, Mario, there's so many cool new enemies in that game. So, what's the selling point for Breath of the Wild? Selling point for Breath of the Wild, couple things. One, it's the best open world I've ever played in. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say because. You can go anywhere. Like Jeff said, you can climb anything. So it opens up traversal to literally anywhere you want to go outside for, like, the very start You can start see it, you can get there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and the other thing it does so well is it rewards you for exploring. Like, every time I was exploring, I would find, like, especially throughout the game, I would find so many different shrines, and those shrines would give you an orb so that you could either level up your heart or get level up your energy to continue... Um, your quest mm-hmm. and your exploration 
And the other thing it does really well is any open world game I've ever played, like take for example Assassin's Creed, you climb up a tower, you're like, oh, I do Eagle Vision, I unlocked, and I see all of these different quests and things and markers I can go find. This game it has towers, you climb up the tower and you're like, okay, now what? And you, and you look and you're like, oh, I think I see a shrine over there. Oh, what's that? Is that a town like way over there? That looks cool. <laughs> yeah. That looks cool. So you. And so you set mm-hmm. markers, and you're like, okay, I want to go check out this thing. I want to go check yeah, out. Being able to thing. edit your map, looks exactly, awesome. and and that's what you do. You just go and start exploring and finding different things. Um, every quest you get, it doesn't like give you a marker on the map. Like, okay, here, I got a quest. I need to follow these arrows on my map to get to mm-hmm. this point to interact with the yeah, next quest. You set your quest. own waypoints. Instead of that, mm-hmm. like it'll be like you talk to someone. And they're like, hey, I think I saw this thing over here, and you're like, okay, where's that? And you're like look at your map and like uh maybe they're talking about this area over here and you go to mm-hmm. that area and try and like explore around and see what you can find out and if you're right then you find something and then you go back and are able to complete the quest so it changed it was bold enough to change how quests work um it's different from any other game i've ever played yeah so those those two things i think are the most influential and the traversal and travel being able to use your nintendo when they said they said it's, it's not an open world game it's an open air game and we all kind of made fun of them for that. But the <laughs> point of that is you can climb up to all these t- towers and high peaks and stuff like that. And then you see something in the distance. You're like, oh, I'm just going to jump off. And you glide there. And it's really cool because you might be gliding and look down and see, oh, I didn't see that. I'm going to drop down and see that there. Or um, it's just a really fun way to traverse the environment. Mm. Much better than just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to run down here. And, oh, I lost my way. I can't. But the rain in Mario sure doesn't make you slip and fall off and die after you've done all this hard work. <laughs> True. <laughs> um I guess one other thing that we should probably mention just before we, you know, kind of come to a final conclusion yeah. here, so we don't run out of time, because um, I'm sure you two could debate. Yeah, this we've already game. been going well, for an hour. Exactly. Here, so. Well, and I mean, and as far as you two, you guys have been debating this since we've been debating this well, since Breath of the Wild came out. Came out. <laughs> I mean, I I was gonna say, but I didn't think yeah. I didn't think of Top Zelda like all years I'm playing. I'm a huge Mario fan. I'm like, oh man, Mario's gonna be yeah. awesome. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to Mario more, but is it gonna be better? Eh, probably not. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really stands out and makes Mario better in in my mind is it's a game that's filled with joy every single second that mm-hmm. you're playing with it. While Zelda was, you know, it's a fun game, but it's filled with moments. It has, oh my goodness, I just found this really awesome shrine. Oh, I just found this awesome thing on this mountain. Oh, I just found this really cool part. While those are kind of scattered between because the world is so big, so yeah. you do have to really take the time to really explore and go through this huge world, and I would have liked more dungeons and some more places where there was more of those moments mm-hmm. while in Mario like every second I'm playing that game I have a huge smile on my face and anyone you can hand that controller to and they can understand it and feel that same happiness all the way up to the final boss fight which is just ridiculous and awesome um, and not a letdown like Breath of the Wild's final boss so that's that's what I'll kind of say to close this my, my, my closing arguments are <laughs> <laughs> closing statement exactly uh, Mario Odyssey refined and made the Mario universe more fun to play in, more of a joy to explore, but it's at its core, it's still the same Mario gameplay, you're doing the same thing. Zelda innovated and changed the way Zelda works, and changes the expected expectations we have for that series going forward, and I think it's going to influence and change the way game design works um, in games. For example, Assassin's Creed Origins, you can climb almost anywhere in that game. You probably wouldn't have been able to do that if the developers hadn't been like, oh, E3, Zelda, you can <laughs> climb anywhere. Um, that's going to influence and change how game design works over the next five mm-hmm. years. So I think it's more influential. 
and much more innovative than Mario Odyssey I, I do agree with you on a point there. Zelda did need some evolving. There were some things that weren't good. Well, Mario doesn't really need to evolve too much more. We just need a little little more refining and just throw in past references to Mario games. And I think, you know, as far as you just said, innovation and stuff and what's going to influence the world, you know, all these we're already seeing Zelda's influence on how games do open world because Mario's open world is, in a certain sense, influenced by what the developers were doing in Breath of the Wild because we know Mario Odyssey was pretty much mostly concluded in development before that but I'm yeah. sure they were talking yeah. before that and well, as well as thing of, you get to the top of the mountain you see a moon you see a shrine mm-hmm. yeah. it gives you that incentive yeah. to really and go I think and you know Breath of the Wild also has that influence on like the climbing and that sort of thing that we're seeing in some other games that are coming out now and, and yeah. you know we'll continue to see kind of that open air quote quote type games coming forward and I think you know Mario I'm not entirely sure how we're going to see this but I'm looking forward to uh, possessing people in the next uh, <laughs> Halo game. All right. But, um, I mean, sorry. Excuse my language. Capturing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, not possess- the last, no will come after you. The last question I have for you guys, and this relates to what one of the bane of all video games' existence. Uh-oh. Nathan? Yeah? How many seeds can you collect in Breath of the Wild? 900. How many moons are in... Te- Odyssey. Technically 999, but I think there's 850 legit ones. So, <laughs> both games rock over 900 collectible items this and true. things. So, we're already talking about a lot, but um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Just the Korok scenes aren't fun to get after you get about 100 of them, mm-hmm. while I'm, I'm sitting here right now saying, when can I go get the next moon? And I'm at like 600, so... The collectibles it, are. It, yeah. It's a lot more fun to collect the things. But than the Mario. shrines are much better than the moons. Which there? How many shrines are there? There's only 120 shrines. Yeah. So. Shrines are fun, but they are worse than dungeons, which is why I don't think Zelda is as good as Mario. They're so they're very tiny segments. You could beat a lot of them in less than five minutes. So to kind of wrap this up on Game of the Year, I'm not seeing you guys change your minds. <laughs> no, I've. I'm kind of sad. And I'm not sure entirely if my decision will uh, make either of you happy. So, <laughs> well, I, th- I think at this point we can say they're both code game of the year. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I, I think Mario will be a game that's played more like moving on past this year. I think it's a game that people are going to keep playing throughout the Switch's life cycle. Mm-hmm. With, you know, for me, I beat Zelda yeah. and I put 90 hours in that game which is a ton I never would have expected that and I've kind of set it down I'll probably go back once all mm-hmm. the DLC comes out and stuff but Mario is really you know a game that can really keep being played but Zelda for just being such a deep experience and evolving the franchise in a way that no one thought was possible yeah. and doing so many things right like in their first attempt like I'm excited to see what happens next in Zelda because I think they're going to refine I think Breath they're going to refine while. it and they'll probably bring it back a little bit more yeah make the world a little smaller yeah bigger dungeons fix a lot of the the you know minor complaints we have but ultimately you play any of the either of these games you're gonna have a great time for over 50 to 100 hours so i'm looking forward to seeing the next version of mario and zelda in 2024 yeah that's Um, not right so so maybe maybe for the host vote we can say it's a cohen and we'll put it up on twitter and see what yeah exactly that's what i was gonna decide so it's out there (laughs) as an audience mario more or zelda more as an audience, hit us up on our Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. Let us know what you think. Breath of the Wild versus Mario yeah. Odyssey. Which one do you think is the game of the year? And if you guys, if we get enough responses, I might actually share which one I chose. So, <laughs> oh, 
I think we can show that on next week's show. As exactly. always, you can find us on Twitter exactly. at HeyListen underscore game. So we'll put that poll up for you guys, and we'd love to see what the players' choice. Maybe you guys can break the tie for us. And All so right. I think when, you know this is a really good transition. How many of us thought in 2017 we would be having a debate of Game of the Year between Zelda and Mario? <laughs> How many thought that there could be a fully 3D open world Zelda game and, and a Mario. fully 3D Mario game come yeah. out in, in the, the same year. year. We're not talking like 3DS, Zelda. And, Which, to be you know, fair, Zelda exactly. was supposed to come out like two years ago. So. But, you know. <laughs> That's why they both came out in the same year. And it's amazing that they, you know, we get both these in the same year. That doesn't happen, right? Yeah. No. These yeah. are two games that will define the Switch and Nintendo for the next, you know, five years. And they both came out within seven months of each other. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's so great. I think that's a good spot to talk about 2017 as a whole. Sure. Let's finish up on this. Just how do we feel? 2017, um, Jeff, I think you had a category that so you talked about earlier yeah, I think know, it's, versus 2016. I think it's definitely better than last year just because yeah. we have the Switch and all the new games brought in. We didn't get much from Nintendo last year. And then, you know, obviously the best PS4 exclusive game, like I said, is Horizon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, a lot of other experiences. This has been a great year for indies. Um, I have played here. One of my 2017 initial goals was to play more indie games. And more you've done that. I have done that this year. I can for sure say mm-hmm. that. I've played so many different great indie games and smaller games. Like, there's so much creativity mm-hmm. out there. Like we only yeah. talked really about Golf Story and SteamWorld. But yeah. like there's, there's so many. There's over 10, 15 games we could say, oh, you should definitely buy and check out this game there's so many yeah. great indie games well and i think that's a that's a testimony to this year as a whole because i think you know in relation to our list for tonight we put out a bunch of games on our list and we crossed off a bunch that any other year if there were just you know breath of the wild or horizon zero dawns and our odysseys weren't in there would have made an incredible game that we would be talking about for mm-hmm. years to come i mean and yeah. we had to cross it's off some games. Some of the games yes. that we crossed off and some of the games that haven't even come out yet that we're looking at and we're looking forward to, this year has been, I think, I'm going to make this argument, and I said this before, 2017, well, one of bold. the best years in video game history. The best year of all time? No, one of, oh, the, one best. of the best. Well, okay. I think I'm it's definitely it... probably the best in the last three to five years. Three, right? three yeah. to five years. I'd say 2011 was really good. I had, like That was the year that Skyrim came out. That was the year that uh, the last Zelda game uh, I mean, if we're talking Skyward best years, out. you know, we got 2011. Exactly. Uh, 2007 was a really good year. Yeah, Mario Galaxy, uh, 2001 was it, or 2000 and it was your 2000 or 2001 i can't remember which one it had some really good ones that came out mm-hmm. 1998 1996 yep. you know those are kind of the top five years that we talk about a lot is just what came out those years and i would bump one of those dude i would, I would even bump, i would even bump 2014 up there just because we got smash wii u which is the best smash bros game uh, true and destiny which you know while it was flawed at launch that became that's my most played game by far of this generation. Yeah, um, but we're not debating game. What year was the best year? We've already done that. I think as a podcast yeah. that we did <laughs> several episodes ago. We're just saying, everyone this, be grateful because we everyone have be a thankful because we have had an awesome year. year. Hard to find time to play. Exactly. All of them. Hard to. Find, there's <laughs> I mean, still a couple games that you know we're, that are coming out that look like they could be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, and even some of our award games, some of us have played them, some of us are still looking forward to playing these games and playing them yeah. because they are so incredible looking. We've spent all of our money on video games that have already come out and we're basically looking at going, well, which kid can we sell? <laughs> yeah. um, well, but, next year we have all those crazy Sony well, games yeah. and who knows so what Nintendo what has What do we think yeah. 2018 is going to be like? Because yeah. Sony is... Sp- some At some point they have to start releasing all their games. Yeah, so we have... God of War for sure, right? Spider-Man, supposedly. 
Um, the Detroit uh, game that you're excited for. Yeah, Detroit, Detroit becoming human. Um, and uh, I think 2018 is going to be. There's so many titles that we can talk about. I think you know we've did this last year. We will have an episode where we have it like we break down what is coming out this yeah. year. What's you know yeah. kind of what we're most looking forward to and all Nintendo that. Nintendo has to have more than just Kirby and Yoshi next year. But exactly. I think hiding something. I think you know if we're looking at predictions, you know, 2018 I think is going to be a really good Sony year. I mean, we can already tell that, and I'm hoping a lot of these Sony games actually I mean, get released. Kingdom Hearts 3, we're still like six years away, probably. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts isn't coming out next year. I'm sorry. Kingdom I, I, I think, I, as much as it disappoints me that Kingdom Hearts 3 won't come out for, you know, another ten years, and my kids will be grown <laughs> by the time I actually get a chance to play this game. But um, I think Sony's going to have a good year next year. I, Nintendo, it could go either way, just because they, they put a lot of cards out on the table this year. Yeah. And I think we'll see how that works. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft, obviously, with the Xbox X, One we're X. looking. We're looking at some pretty. They have. It looks good. Like their year will potential. be better next year, I yeah. think, than it was. Hey, this they just year. acquired Respawn, so. which, whether good or bad, that means Titanfall three is probably going to happen, and it'll probably only be on Xbox, which yeah. is sad as a PS4 owner because I love Titanfall. But if we too. can get some exclusives on the Xbox, I think that would make a lot of the Microsoft fans yeah. and Xbox fans really happy. Sure we'll I think we need Halo. some more. I think mm-hmm. we need some more exclusives on Xbox, but. I think comparing it to, I think 2018 will be a good year, but I don't can't think, it'll beat, year, I don't think no. it'll beat this year. For me as a Nintendo fan, I can't say that it will, because Zelda's my favorite franchise from Nintendo, Mario is my second. So if those are my top two franchises and they both came out this year, they're not going to Just look at my year. Switch library and how many games I already have on there. It's like, yeah. it's the crazy thing, right? Yep. It's it's yep. a launch year. So 2018, so. I'm looking forward to Red Dead Redemption 2. That's what uh, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. really, there's some good big titles coming out. We'll talk about that in a few episodes here, but and we'll tell you which one we're the most hyped for. man. Yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> um, so thanks for sticking with us, guys. We know this is an extra long episode. All three of us got together in person. We just can't stop talking. Yep. So, uh um, let us know, as always, you know, sound off on Twitter. Uh, help us decide what you think the game of the year is this year, whether it's mm-hmm. Mario or Zelda. And we will leave you with the Carnival Kerfuffles song from Cuphead. And I hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.